0: Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the VentureFuel podcast. At VentureFuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. On today's show, I'm speaking with Pedro Urp, the global chief marketing officer for AB InBev, the largest beer company in the world. 55 billion or so in sales, 170,000 employees in 50 countries, seven of the top 10 beer brands in the world. Additionally, Pedro is head of ZX Ventures, the brewer's global innovation unit that oversees investments, acquisitions, partnerships, and creation of new brands. This group is responsible for seeding, launching, and scaling new products. Today, we're going to talk about pirate speedboats, the collaboration of David and Goliath, and how disruption and growth can actually coexist. So let's get after it. Pedro, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fred. It's great to be here. When I first sketched out the idea for this podcast, uh, you and I were just joking about it. I, I made a list of who I wanted as guests, and you were the top person on that list. And the reason was, obviously, we've been fortunate to work with you and, and the crew at AB InBev for many years. But I saw you speak in like a back room in Cannes. I don't even know. It was like, it was the cool off the beaten path conference room. And you gave this great presentation about David and Goliath and this idea that little startups and huge companies weren't actually combative or disruptive to each other, but they could be collaborative. Do you still think that's true? Can startups and big companies work well together?
1: Yeah, Fred, I, I really believe that's true. You know, I've been trying to find whoever said that. I've been trying to find who owns that quote for a while but I can, but I, I really believe in the quotes. I'm going to repeat it, which is, you know, the day big companies, they learn how to innovate like like startups. You know, half of Silicon Valley is gone. And I think big companies, you know, they have a lot of assets. They have a lot of capabilities that are amazing at scaling, winning ideas. But to be honest, big companies are not necessarily as great as creating new things, you know, understanding the consumer needs and starting small, being nimble, you know, pivoting and, and, and things like that. You know, so I think those are two separate disciplines. I think, you know, the discipline of, of innovating and creating the new, and the discipline of scaling. I think usually startups are amazing at creating the new, you know, thinking about the future. And big companies that are amazing at scaling things, and I think you know when they combine forces, it's better for for everybody, you know. And then they can really uh, change the world uh, by scaling uh, products that solve new
0: consumer problems. One of the things that you know, as I was researching for this chat, I, I didn't realize that one of your previous titles was the chief disruptive growth officer, and I think it's one of my favorites because when many large companies. Think of startups; they think disruption, but that immediately takes them into this sort of—I'll call it—innovation theater. You know, whiteboards and post-it notes, lots of big ideas twenty years out, but nothing that impacts their business. I like that in that title, you had both disruption and growth. Right, that it was actually about driving business growth. Can you talk about why that was important to you?
1: Yeah, that's—you know—that's a funny story because when. ZX Ventures was actually created by by our board and our our CEO, which is a, a massive benefit, you know, because it comes from the top. and And, and their realization that we need to be better innovation came from the top, which made my life much easier, you know, during the past six years. But uh, you know, when Brito, our CEO, invited me to the to the function, he said, "Look, you know, the mandate is very broad, and you can go there and and do whatever you guys think is the right thing for us to grow and innovate better and be faster." Uh, the only ask that I have for you is I would love your title to be a chief disruptive officer because I want to send a message to the whole organization that your area is going to be disruptive. So in a way, it was even more of an internal message, you know, that that our area was going to be disruptive for the organization. And what I told him, I said, Brito, if you, if you call me that, uh, people are going to think that I'm going to get into the mirror rooms, you know, kick some chairs around, uh, destroy some things and get out let me at least put the growth in there you know so people know that it's it's disruption with a purpose you know which is the accelerate the top line of the company so that's why we, you know at the end we settled for you know disruptive growth option
0: i love it cuz people usually see one side or the other they're either you know it's all about growth or it's disruption insurance so the, the merging of those two is pretty special so you mentioned you know 2006 2007 you guys launched zx what was the impetus behind that? And you know, when you have a large company like ABI, you have to support your core business. How do you justify, if you will, uh, the diversion right of your resources, talent, and money into innovation? What was that sort of conversation or thinking like?
1: Yeah, so I think I think that's usually the trap of big organizations when they are successful with one product or, or with one business. In the business, a good business, you know, there is a huge. You know, uh, gravity pulling you to invest more money into what works and what you've been successful for a long, long time. And in a way, you know, we start getting pulled into our core business. You know, reinvesting behind the core, and and again, we have a very good core business. You know, and and beer, you know, globally is a category that keeps growing. It's very profitable and it's great. And whenever you have such a good, you know, core business, it's very hard to divert focus and resources to trying to do the new and to create the future. That's a little bit the trap that we uh, we start falling on and and you we start getting a little bit bit less innovative. and we try to accelerate innovation and growth from within our core business. But again, you know we're always having discussions on, okay, why am I gonna put five people into this new tiny venture when I can take these five people? and put them into a brand like Bud Light or SCO and, and have right. a much broader impact in the short term. So we really took, you know, from a governance standpoint, us to create ZX and separate a little bit the money, the people, and the focus, and also acquire uh, you know, a new skill set for us to start gaining uh, more traction around, around innovation. You know? so, so that was kind of the, the rationale of separating was really to be able to, to invest in different horizons and not let you know, the resources compete between short-term payback and long-term growth.
0: I love that. And with ZX, I mean, you guys are doing over a billion dollars at this point. So clearly it's moving the needle, right? It's not just sort of this innovation theater. And one of the pushbacks we always get is like, is, is innovation tangible? Is it, is it something that can be realized? It's almost like people are trying to figure out how do they justify it in the short term? They know what the risk is if they don't innovate, but kind of figuring out how to turn it into something that shows some ROI. It seems to be like it's almost like they see the lightning before the thunder, but they don't they don't react fast enough. How are you guys sort of able to do that? And what do you think the strength is of ZX?
1: Yeah, I think I think a lot of the mistakes you know that big companies make is to kind of judge ventures and new business with the same metrics that they judge the core business. You know, so a lot of times uh, you know big companies are trying to deliver. You know, short-term margin expansion and things like that, which is, I think, you know, probably the right metrics for big mature businesses. But then they try to apply the same metrics to ventures and see a short-term payback in ventures. And of course, that you know that doesn't work, right? So how to manage, you know, different types of, of businesses with different horizons using different metrics, we think is the right thing to do. Having said that, there needs to be accountability for business results, right? I also don't believe in this kind of, you know, this thing that usually sometimes it goes around of, oh, you know, this is venture. We have no idea on whether it's going to work or not in the long term, but we got to try something new. I think there needs to be accountability. I think the time horizon is different, you know, so in, in our case, we're looking more at a five to 10 year horizon. Uh, but there needs to be accountability, right? So in our in our case, when we started ZX, we defined two metrics on a five-year horizon, which were total top-line contribution to the business and value creation. You know, we thought that that was important as well. So, you know, that there was accountability around delivering results, you know, because I think I think in big organizations you always have to be accountable, otherwise things don't don't survive too long, right?
0: Yeah, I love the you're setting the metrics and also giving it a little time to breathe too, right? The five years to get it together. How are you thinking about maybe the future of ZX? One of the stories that you tell that I love is sort of how beer civilized the world. How we're all nomads and we settled into communities. I won't steal the story. I'd love for you to tell it. But thinking about the fact that beer in theory brings us together, it's a community building event. Does that change how you're thinking about ZX or the things that you're interested in?
1: Yeah, so uh, the purpose of you know of our companies to bring people together, and and that's what beer has been doing for more than ten thousand years, right? And the story is that until the seventies, you know, archaeologists they thought that uh, human beings they settled in communities to raise uh, wheat to make bread. You know, that was kind of the first evidences that it's that they had on communities and things like that. And from the seventies, there are a lot of evidence that actually. Uh, the first human settlements they were around grains, but it was not wheat. It was barley. So actually, the communities and human beings stopped being nomads to you know to live in communities because of beer, you know. And they were they were kind of raising you know barley to make beer. So that's what's been you know beer has been bringing to the world for ten thousand years. And I think this purpose has never been more meaningful. We see a, a lot of problems now with social isolation, anxiety. You know, depression, and this has been a growing problem, unfortunately. You know, the WHO said that social isolation and and depression is going to be the disease of of the decade. And we really see ourselves in an industry that can help get people together and bring a bit of happiness to the world. Having said that, the way people get together is going to evolve over time, right? We see technology playing a a role. We see other products playing a role in that. And you see, you know, for example, in a lot of states in the U.S., now cannabis becoming legal and people getting together you know, in, in, with cannabis instead of, instead of alcoholic beverages. So the world will evolve. And I think the role you know, of ZX is always to understand what the future five, 10 years down the road is going to look like and start creating the future today instead of always being behind the curve. You know? So I, I think that's kind of what we've been we would be aiming at, at ZX. We, you know, internally we say that, that the role of ZX is to brew the future and that's what we're trying to do.
0: One of the things I find most impactful about how AB InBev has structured their innovation practice is you have ZX Ventures, which is, is investing in things like emerging craft beers, sparkling and en- energy waters, rosé, so things that are both you know somewhat obvious in terms of potential innovation opportunities as well as adjacent and then farther out there they are looking at things like Pensa technologies which some of you may remember from our our retail uh summit earlier this year which which essentially was a drone uh, that uses computer vision to check out of stocks so they're looking not only at the core of the business adjacency and then farther out away from um, what is there but that's not the only place uh, within AV InBev where there's innovation. They have their Beer Garage Group, which is an unbelievable global organization that's looking for enterprise-ready pilots uh, and running an internal incubator. They also have an accelerator. So they're looking at how they can engage uh, the disruptors uh, and bring them in and, and help to transfuse what's best about startups into the, the mothership and also take their scale and their ability to take an idea once it hits a certain stage and really just uh, you know, blow it up into something massive. Uh, and it's, it's really one of the best organizations in the world in terms of thinking through how startups and their core business can operate together and be additive to one another. So this is the first year in a while you and I haven't been at a CES together you know, basically locked in a, a room for multiple days looking at, you know, 30, 40 startups. I will say that I'm always so impressed by your entire team there because they're all in, like phones down, active questions, prodding the founders. There's like, there's just tremendous curiosity and like desire to learn. And it's from the top down, like your whole team. It's always fun. I miss being there because it pushes us to be better. Normally we're the only crazy ones in the room that are asking all these questions. But why is something like that so important for you guys? I mean, it's obviously an investment to get a crew of your senior leaders to, to take a t- couple of days, and whether it's CS or South By or anywhere else. Um, but to spend that time and, and really look at what's out there that's maybe different from what you're doing on a day-in, day-out basis and dedicate that focus and mental energy to it.
1: You know, if you take a look at the things that made a massive difference in the history of, of our company... We didn't invent much, uh, to be honest. We saw people that were doing the things outside, and we brought it. So we, you know, sometimes we're famous famous for zero based budgeting. You know, we didn't didn't create zero based budgeting. You know, we brought it from Texas Instrument. You know, we use a lot optimization, six sigma. You know, that we copied from from the likes of GE, and and we have a lot of the process that we have in the company that we even copy. I mean, back when I was in Brazil, back in the 2000s, you know, a lot of our excellence programs and sales programs, we kind of uh, learned it from, from AB, you know, in the US. So, I mean, in everything we do, there's always somebody out there that is better. And what we try to do is to be humble and curious to learn from people that are better than us in certain things. Sometimes, you know, people, people think about innovators as people that come up with, uh, with 100% original ideas. And in a lot of cases, this is not, this is not entirely true. You know, Facebook was not the first social network. You know, Steve Jobs learned a lot of things from Xerox Spark, right? And that's how we see the world as well. And you know? also the extent that we can be out there, we can see people that are doing amazing things and we can learn and kind of adapt to our realities. That's what we try to do.
0: I love it. Is there any... I have two questions for you. One is, is there any question I haven't asked you today that I should have? Is there anything that you're excited about that maybe we haven't covered in, in terms of innovation or, or what you guys are up to?
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know, sometimes a, a lot of people ask me about the you know, the future of socialization on how people are gonna get together, you know, years from now, right? We see a lot of things going on in VR and AR and and all these things, and you know how how socialization and and people getting together is gonna look like in the future and that how that's going to impact our industry. You know, that's a question usually from futurists like you, Fred. I Sometimes I get.
0: Yeah. The futurist question is always dangerous, right? I've never met a futurist that ever says that they were wrong about the future, by the way. They make enough predictions. They're always able to point to one that they got right. You're right. Well, cool. Well, I want to thank you for your time. The last question I have for you is, if you were advising other C-suites at you know, Fortune 500 companies, how to begin this sort of journey right you guys have done such a good job with cx you've got the beer garage you have an innovation mindset throughout the organization how would you advise somebody maybe who's at the beginning of this journey trying to figure out you know where do they start how do they start to tackle this as something that can be a competitive advantage for them
1: sure so i, I think there are two you know two key elements you know and and we are kind of lucky in, in both of them I think the first one, there needs to be an alignment throughout the organization from the board all the way to management. At the start, this is important, you know, because it's tough. Like it's very tough, right? For a big company to change and to evolve, it's tough. And if we don't have a lot of people that are not on board and don't think this is important, it becomes much tougher. And in our company, uh, I was very lucky when, when they invited me to, to head ZX because we had that kind of, of alignment and realization from, from the get go. And then the second one, Fred, is that, you know, the entrepreneurship and venture capital, it's kind of a form of management, you know, like uh, Total Quality or Six Sigma is a form of management from a true business that needs optimization. In a way, uh, entrepreneurship and venture capital, they are forms of management of top-line growth and creation. And I think, you know, big companies that are humble and open-minded, about learning and about adapting the way they do things to this new world, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be successful. You know, so those for me were the two, you know, the two key learnings is you know the first one is try to get everybody on board as soon as possible to make things faster and easier, and the second one, you know, learn from the outside and and see uh, try to learn from the ones that are that are creating immense value and and products that are really changing the world.
0: I love it, well, Pedro. Where can people learn more about you or or ZX.
1: Sure, people can always hit me on uh, on LinkedIn, and I'll try to answer you know any any questions that you you might have. And and thanks a lot, Fred, for the you know the partnership and the learnings for the last you know few years. You guys have always been a great source of inspiration and and education for us.
0: Awesome. Well, it's our pleasure. It always is that you guys are the most fun because we're always looking at different things, no matter if it's marketing or ad tech or product innovation, upcycling, you guys always are looking for new ways to push the envelope. So it's a blast.
1: Great. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation with Pedro, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, be sure to follow us at VentureFuel on LinkedIn. We post all sorts of information on emerging technologies and corporate innovation partnerships. I know you'll enjoy it until next time.